But I know without any shadow of a doubt, this is the message of the hour for this morning. Matthew chapter number 13. If you found your place, if you'd like to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning, Matthew chapter number 13 is a mysterious, mysterious passage of Scripture that explains the entire church age. Jesus gives seven parables. There are seven candlesticks. There are seven different divisions in the church age and the dispensation of grace. And the Lord Jesus explains right in the middle of dealing with the Jews in the book of Matthew, a book written by Jew, two Jews about a Jew, the Lord Jesus gives the mystery of the kingdom in Matthew chapter number 13. Verse number 1, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things unto them in parables saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. When he'd sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places and they had not much earth And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up and they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him here. Then in verse number 18, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. He that received the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word. And anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because the word by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he. That hearing the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed unto good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. If God be my helper this morning, I'm just going to expound this scripture on the parable of the sower. Matthew chapter number 10 and verse number 5, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go, not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The term the house of Israel is found six times in the New Testament. And the house of Israel speaks of the children of Abraham. It speaks of the children or the seed of Abraham and the children of promise. In Matthew chapter number 12, 
Verse 46, while he yet talked with the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. Verse number 50 is open in a floodgate. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. The Lord Jesus Christ inserts the key that unlocks the door to the mystery of the kingdom, that salvation is just about to become to the Gentile just as much as it has been to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's where I get in. If you're saved this morning, that's where you get in. In chapter number 12, you find... The Pharisees have been disputing and arguing against the truth of the Word of God. In chapter number 13, the number 13 is the number of rebellion in your King James Bible. And in chapter 13, God answers a rebellious nation of Israel. The Word of God said in Isaiah, I've nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. But because of the rebellion of the house of Israel, I get to go to heaven. Leaving the Pharisees' house, the Lord Jesus turned from the house of Israel. In chapter 13, verse number 1, Jesus leaves the house. And it's a picture of God temporarily turning his back on the nation of Israel. Then you see the seaside, and that's the Gentile nations. And Jesus goes out to receive a Gentile bride or the church by the new birth. You see what's taking place here is God for temporary space abandons the physical family of Israel and creates a spiritual family of Israel. Many of you have found that in the grace of God that the spiritual family God's given you is much closer than your physical family. And God draws pictures and parallels and if you've got ears you can hear. If you've got eyes you can see what God's saying and through the new birth, God gives you a new family. The kingdom of heaven here, the mysteries of the kingdom. The Lord Jesus tells that he's going to give them the keys of the mysteries of the kingdom. There is a distinct difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The Word of God said in John chapter number 3, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God is a spirit. If any man worship him, he must worship in spirit and in truth. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is the physical earthly kingdom which includes all of Christendom from the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ until the rapture of the church, including every lost church member. You see, you can be in the kingdom of heaven and not be in the kingdom of God. 
But there's going to come a day he's going to separate those. The mystery of the kingdom. Jesus declares in this parable that 75% of all who hear the gospel in power will go to hell. Not 75% of the world. Not 75% of folks in juke joints. Not 75% of the human population. But 75% of those who are blessed to sit under the sound of the gospel preached in the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God will die and go to hell. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, when the Spirit of God moves on you, to be honest, in this congregation, probably 150 or 175 plus people, generally speaking on a Sunday morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, about 50% of this congregation will hold your hand up and say, I know that I've been born of the Spirit of God. God's Word teaches that only 25% who ever hear the gospel in power ever truly get born again. This morning, I'm going to give you those four classes of people, and you will find yourself, every last one of you will find yourself in one of these four classes of individuals. 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 18, the Word of God says, If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Is it any wonder that in Matthew chapter 7 verse 14, the Lord Jesus said, Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and F-E-W, few there be that find it. We're living in a religious generation this morning that says they believe the Word of God and they don't have a clue what that Word says. This Word of God says, F-E-W, few there be that find it. The world don't believe that this morning. The religious world don't believe that this morning. The average person in Flint Hill Baptist Church don't really believe this morning that few there be that find it. If you don't believe that, just go to an average funeral anywhere you go today. It don't matter what kind of whoremonger there was. don't matter what kind of drunkard there was. It don't matter what kind of illicit lifestyle they lived. When it comes down to that little metal box in a church somewhere, they all get in. That's exactly right. But I'm telling you the Word of God said there ain't but a few that's going to get in. The sower here is Jesus Christ called the Son of Man. But it also represents today because Jesus Christ's body is represented in the church, represents the church. The church has been given the commission to sow the seed. It's a picture of a God-called preacher. The seed is the Word of God, and the field are those who are exposed to the preaching of the Word of God. In verse number 19, when anyone that heareth the Word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches the way that which was sown in his heart, he which receives seed by the wayside. The wayside is an unusual piece of ground that plots of land was very important to the Jews. It was their inheritance. And if you had a fertile piece of ground, you didn't just walk everywhere. You walked on the property line. 
And on the property line, that piece of ground became hard because it was walked on on a regular basis. We're not talking about laying off rows and planting corn. This parable is speaking of planting wheat. You broadcast, you take those seeds and you just straw them and you sling them. And that that was hard ground that wasn't even intentionally meant for, those seeds would inadvertently fall on that hard ground that was the wayside. Verse number 15, Jesus said, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. The wayside is those that have heard and heard and heard the word of God, but they did not understand. Why do many sit in this congregation this morning and do not understand the word of God? Because your minds have been blinded by ritual and religion. You've been taught for years that salvation is going to an altar, crying some tears, praying a prayer, and being baptized. In other denominations, men are taught that salvation is baptism. They're taught salvation's catechism or confirmation or religious do's or religious don'ts. And men and women sit in the ritual and they sit in the routine so long, time after time after time, they hear the word of God thundered in power but they walked on so much of that ground with religion that instead of tenderizing them it's hardened their hearts and they say why is that preacher always screaming about you must be born again don't he know we're all saved what's he talking about that that's by the wayside is confused about what salvation really is they think it's rules and rituals and regulations Wives' tales and opinions that are based on men's traditions and doctrinal misinterpretations. I hear some of the most foolish things that I've ever heard. I heard the most popular Southern Baptist evangelist in America stand in the John A. Walker Center, Miss Brenda, and say that if you did not call on the Lord Jesus Christ by name, you didn't get saved. That's heresy. But see, we've got churches full of people that believe just because you called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. Just because you prayed. Let me tell you something. When I was a 12-year-old boy with a broken heart under conviction, with a broken heart, I got down on this side of the altar at Hillcrest Baptist Church in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and, and wept bitter tears and prayed and got up out of that altar as lost as Hogan's goat. Did not get born again. People have all kinds of foolish ideas about what salvation is. But whenever you get that idea in your heart, I've heard people, I know a lady in this town right now, her son's an independent Baptist preacher, and that lady believes that it don't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. You'll sincerely die and go to hell if you ain't never been born of the Spirit of God. People have all kinds of ideas, but here's what happens. When you get that idea that you're, you're saved, you're born again, you get that idea in your head, but you've never had salvation in your heart, guess what? Then you harden yourself to the gospel and you say, that ain't for me, I'm already saved. 
And that's where many of you sat in this church for years saying, I'm already saved. I don't need that. That's not for me. Until one day, God, the sweet Holy Ghost, set the gospel plow right down in the middle of your little pea patch and run through and busted up your fallow ground and showed you you was lost. That's what God's trying to do some of you right now and you're resisting as hard as you can. And that seed by the wayside. They say their name's on the church roll and they become part of the social structure, but they're lost. There's folks come in this building one or two times a week and it's the only social outlet you got. And you're lost. You're going to go to hell. And all church is is a social thing that you go to because that's where you're supposed to go. And that's where you go gossip and sit and talk to your friends. And that's where you meet folks that you like, but you ain't never been born of the Spirit of God. And then you see folks that get hurt and they get wounded by some hypocrite in the church and they fall by the wayside and they harden their heart even more. And they say, I must be saved because I'm just as good as that bunch of hypocrites are. And the Word of God said, the fowls come and when the fowls come, they steal that seed. And that's Satan and demons coming still in the seed of the Word of God. Secondly, you'll find the seed that fell in stony places. This, without any doubt, this morning is the most dangerous and the most confusing of all. Because it typifies someone who has a very high, elated, emotional experience and did not get saved. And I see people all the time that I see their lives bear no fruit of the Holy Ghost of God. But they can go back, Brother Jesse, adamantly, Brother Wesley boldly take you back to an altar where they quivered and they trembled in their seat. They felt like they floated to the altar. They cried bitter tears, felt electricity run up their arms and saw thunder and lightning. But their life never changed. They're on their way to hell, but you cannot convince them they're lost because they had a real big shebang of an experience. But I'll tell you what, Miss Heather, I'd rather have a changed life any day than a great big experience. Because you can get born again and not have a great big experience. But you can have a great big experience and still die and go to hell. Salvation is not a great big experience. Salvation is when you trust Jesus in your heart and give him your heart with a heart of repentance. Just trust in the Lamb of God. My wife got saved standing in front of the clothes dryer on her way to bed. But I tell you, we got folks that are going to die and go to hell that will never be convinced they're lost because they've had some experience. And the word of God said anon with joy they received it. Praise God it's so good to be saved. And son, they'll jump up and down and run the backs of the benches and hoop and holler and carry on and have a big time. And everybody says, praise God, did you hear oh so and so got saved. And they'll make a big shebang of it down at the church house and everybody will cry and hoop and holler. And it'll run real well for about six or eight weeks. And then the word of God said, by and by, because of tribulation or persecution, they're offended. What's that mean? They tell their buddies, I've changed, I've got saved. And then their buddies start kind of shying away from them a little bit and it hurts their feelings. And then they get to thinking they ain't never been saved, they ain't never been born again. They get to thinking, you know, 
I'm not fitting in no more. I don't like that. And then they say, well, it's okay if I just listen to their dirty jokes. And then they inch back over a little bit because they were offended by that lifestyle of Christians anyway. I mean, you ain't got to be so fanatical about this thing anyway. First thing you know, they're telling them dirty jokes. First thing you know, they've slipped out there so far. They've got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. Next thing you know, they can be plumb out in the world. Once in a while, they can run back over here in church. They can stay in church a few minutes and then they run back over here in the world. And that is so confusing. Because people look at them and they say they had such a big experience. I really thought they got saved. But why do they keep messing up? Why ain't they got any real fruit in their life? And why can't they be faithful? And why can't they stick with this thing? The Word of God said they had no root and they had no moisture. The root's Jesus Christ. Moisture's the Holy Ghost of God. And there are going to be multitudes that will scream in the regions of the damned convinced they know God because they've been deceived by Satan and their own lying heart because they had a big emotional experience. Then you see those that fell among the thorns. That thorny ground is some type of sin that you love more than you love Jesus. The cares of this life are some forbidden pleasure, adultery, fornication, pornography, some kind of party lifestyle. It may be making money. It may even be pride and religion, but there's something that you hold on to. And the Word of God said the thorns grow up, Brother Jason, and choke that seed out. And I see all kinds of folks that are willing to come to altars and make professions, but they're not willing to give Jesus their heart. I'm going to tell you the most miserable individuals in this church are people that are trying to live a Christian lifestyle without the indwelling Holy Ghost of God. It will wire you out. I don't have a bit of trouble loving Jesus because I give him my heart. I don't have a bit of trouble serving Jesus because I give him my heart. You know why I don't have a bit of trouble on Saturday night going home to my wife? You know why I ain't in some Jeep joint beer joint on Saturday night looking for some other good looking woman? Because there's one back at the house that's got my heart. You know why folks that are saved don't have any trouble serving God? He's got their heart. You know what God wants? The only thing God wants? Your heart. Because when he gets your heart, he's got everything. Because what you do, you do with your heart. I mean, what you really do, you do with your heart. That's why some of you serve sin. That's why some of you are in bondage to sin. Because your heart wants that sin. It may be your pride. It may be your stinking low-down pride. And your heart wants to hold on to that so much. And you're willing to die and go to hell with that pride instead of giving Jesus your heart. The night I got saved, the night I got born again... God had broke me down so much, Miss Pamela. I did not want anything but Jesus. I didn't care, Brother Jesse. There wasn't anything in my life that I cared about giving up. I didn't have anything, Brother Wesley, worth having. 
And when God gets you broke down to the place where you can see what you've got ain't never worked. It, it absolutely amazes me the blindness in, in lost church members. That they live miserable lives. They've got no joy. They've got no peace. They've got no Holy Ghost. They've got nothing in them to motivate them to serve God except a bunch of religious do's and don'ts. But they are so blind they cannot see they've got a problem. And they look around at everybody else that's full of joy. And look around at everybody else that's full of peace. And they just get jealous in their heart. And then they cry, oh pitiful me, I've got it so hard. God help us. And that last little bit is the ones that fell on good ground. In every case, the sower was the same. In every case, the seed was the same. So what was the difference? The soil. Why is it that everybody in this building hears the same message that I preach Sunday after Sunday, but some of you get tore up in your heart and want to repent? And come to an altar and get born of the Spirit of God. And God changes your life. And somebody sitting beside you still dying going to hell. Wasn't the sower. It certainly wasn't the seed. It was the ground. It was their heart. I'm telling you if God speaks to you just the least little bit. You better not tense up and harden yourself. Because you can hear and hear and hear and it's just like walking over that path over and over and over again. You harden your heart and harden your heart and harden your heart. And a lot of people what they do is they come in and they get scared of that gospel plow and they run from it. Some folks just tense up and they say, I can take hard preaching. I can take it. Let Let me make this real clear. In that fourth type of soil, that good soil... Every last seed that was put in that soil gave fruit. Every one of them. Some of them was a hundredfold. Some of them wasn't but sixty. Some of them wasn't but thirty. But every last one of them produced fruit. Every single one of them produced fruit. Now I'm going to ask you, what do you think salvation is? What do you think salvation is? I'm going to tell you in a nutshell, fruit. How you know whether you're saved or not. And you go back through a laundry list and say, well, there was a good preacher. He's preaching the truth. Well, that's a good sower. Well, there was good seed. Boy, he's preaching that Bible. That's good. I remember feeling conviction. Boy, I felt the condemnation of sin. Boy, that's a good thing. That's on my side. That's in my favor. I felt that. I run to an altar. Praise God, got to and I felt like I floated to the altar. Got down there and I prayed. I prayed. Yeah, I prayed the prayer. I asked God to save me. Yeah, I must be saved. Ain't none of that salvation. What is the evidence of salvation? A changed life. What changes your life? The indwelling Holy Spirit of God that enables you to produce fruit. And you have joy that you never had before. That'll put a smile on your face that everybody in the building notices. They just look different. That's fruit. It's not a prayer. It's not in the mumbo jumbo eating a cookie and going to confirmation. It's fruit it's because of the Holy Ghost of God. That 
That's what salvation's about. It gives you peace and gives you joy and gives you love like you've never had before. I was in Texas and gave an old boy a guitar lesson. He said, you know, he said, I learned that G chord. And he was making a joke and he said, I'm just strumming on that G chord. He said, some of them other boys are running all over that neck of picking that guitar. And they say, why are you just strumming that G chord? He said, because I found it. Y'all looking for it. I found it. (laughs) If you found it, why are you still looking? If you found it, why are you still running around looking? Why ain't there no peace in your heart that you know you're born in the Spirit of God? Why ain't there no peace in you right this minute that the Holy Ghost of God has been jumping up and down in people's souls? Some of these ladies have streamed tears down their face. Some of these folks have fed on the Word of God this morning and you're sitting there like a deer in headlights. Because there ain't no Holy Ghost on the inside to bear witness. You've got no peace and you've got no joy and you don't know the love of Christ. And I told you the difference is that soul, Brother Wesley. And you know what a lot of people are looking for in this world today? I know what a whole lot of people are looking for. They need somebody to just love them. God puts a love in your heart and you'll love folks that otherwise you wouldn't have nothing to do with, Brother Brandon. And you'll find yourself loving folks and you'll find yourself one. I look at folks in this building all the time and I'll look at my precious wife or somebody else and I'll say, I just love them. I just love them to death. I don't know why. I mean saved and lost. That's lost folks in this building. I just love you and I don't even know why. I do know why. God and the Holy Ghost put it in me. That ain't me loving you. It's Him loving you. And you know what will bust up that old hard ground? Love. Well, you love folks. I'll tell you what you do, Miss Amanda. You love somebody and you be real. You know what people want? They want to be loved and they want to know somebody somewhere real, Miss Christie. Not some phony, baloney, blow-up plastic Jesus you get on Sunday mornings, but the kind that changes your life and gives your heart a love and compassion. And you got a gratitude to a God that saved you and you want to serve Him because you love Him. And people want to be loved. That'll bust up hard ground. But when people's real hard, God will have to drop a bottom plow. That's why some of y'all going through the trouble you're going through in your life. God's busting up them sods in your life, them clods. You say, why some folks got to go through so much before they ever get saved, Brother Jesse? Because their heart's so hard. God's got to pick that plow up and hit that thing hard and deep. And when you hit a snag, you back up and run through her again. Brother Jason, some folks got to be broke down. But some folks got tender hearts and they got tender soul and they just need to be loved. And the book of Jude said, of some have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted with the flesh. And this morning, there's some folks that got tender little old hearts. They just need to hear about Jesus loving them, and it'll make a difference. Other folks got hard hearts. They need to know they're fixing to fall off into hell. But whatever it takes, the difference is that soil. The difference is that ground. He said, Preacher Mike, why are you so hard on lost church members? Because if you don't take that plow and hit her real hard, ain't never going to bust. Ain't never going to bust. 
I'm being honest with you. I'm not mad at you. Those folks been in this church 30, 40, and 50 years. You're as lost as Hogan's go. You, you will die and go to hell if you don't get some help. You say, Preacher Mike, you act like you're mad at lost folks. No, sir, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to pull you out of the fire. How frustrating it must be for a fireman to try to rescue somebody and pull them out of a burning building, them in some drunken stupor or high on drugs and won't even go. Fight against the one trying to give them help. Preacher Mike's not your enemy this morning. I just got a seed bag. I'm just throwing them seeds out. The Holy Ghost in charge of busting up your hard ground. That ain't me doing that. You ever been changed? God ever give you fruit in your life? Every last one of that 25% brought forth fruit. Some going to be more fruitful than others. And I've learned this. They ain't everybody going to serve God with their whole heart. Everybody won't do that. You that are trying to serve God with all your might, don't get mad at folks that won't serve God with their whole heart because everybody ain't going to. And you'll get the devil in you trying to get him out of them. Leave them alone. Let them do whatever they're going to do. If they're God's, he'll fix them. And you go try to find somebody that's got a tender heart and you can put some seed in. You know without any shadow of a doubt your life bears fruit of the Holy Ghost of God. You say, I go to church. Well, there's lost folks in here go to church every service. Wednesday night, there's a bunch of lost folks stood up in this building and said, please pray for me, I'm lost. I ain't impressed with you going to church. Have you got fruit of salvation in your life? Well, I've been to an altar. I'm not, I'm not impressed with that. I did that and I would have went to hell. Have you ever been born in the Spirit of God? Do you really have fruit in your life? Fruit that lets you be stable and have victory over sin. I see folks, they come in church and they'll make a little profession. They'll run good for a while. Next thing you know, they'll blow out and they'll be at the car race on Sunday and the swap meets and the flea markets and running up and down the hills and holler on Sunday and they'll hit and miss a little here and there. They'll sit home, watch television a while, then they'll come to church faithful for a while. You're just confusing. You're confused. You're not born again. But you know you've been born of the Spirit of God by the change God made in your life, and there's nobody looking. And I'm not mad at you. I love you. But I want you to know this morning, you know there is a, there's a fruit of the Holy Ghost in your heart right now that you know. 100% without any reservation, you're born again. You can slip your hand up right now and say, Preacher, I know, I know, I know I'm born of the Spirit of God. God bless you. God bless you. Some of you are lying. Some of you are being honest. And I appreciate you. Roughly about half. Some of the rest of you are trying to be honest. Best way you know how. 